Back in May of 1996, my 14-year-old brain was in for a reckoning. Disaster films were a bit new to me at the time. My mom had shown me The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Inferno, and while I had loved them dearly, their 1970s special effects were certainly dated. So when I went to the movie theater that spring to see a brand new destruction spectacular, I had no idea what I was in store for. The images of massively violent winds, shattered buildings, and flying cows delighted my young eyes. And if that weren't enough, I was introduced to a ragtag group of storm chasers fighting for a righteous crusade of scientific progress against their evil corporate doppelgangers. Very relatable. I watched the movie in the theater three or four times back in 1996, but over the years have never felt the urge to see it again. Until now. That movie was... Twister. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, watch it, and decide... Does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longineau. And greetings, people of the future. We are broadcasting to you from the year 2016. While you future people are probably in the year 2017 at least. Hopefully you are still there to hear this broadcast. Well, they probably can't hear us through all the nuclear fire Uh, and uh, the ash. It was a rough Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) A long December, as somebody once said. Only one thing survived, and it was this podcast. That's what the aliens will listen to. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Good to see you again. Thank you for joining us in this bold new year of 2017. Should all the acquaintance be Go ahead and finish. <laughs> finish it up. And never because I don't know those words. You don't even know it and you're going to... Oh, my Lord. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. This is our inaugural show of the new year. Absolutely. And tonight we will be manhandling the Yondabont movie Twister. Okay, first things first in this brave new world of 2017, we are dipping into our listener feedback for our first email of 2017. We got an email? A single email. Oh, we were good last year and Santa brought us a gift? This is what Santa left us in our stockings. Thank you, Santa. Uh, This one comes from Jeremy Bear, as you all remember. Oh, sorry, not Santa. Thank you, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy is the co-host of the podcast, The Freshman 15, which you all should check out. His email is titled... Phonetically, I'm ooked, I am. <laughs> I All right. Think and he, I get it? Because we did hook last yeah. time, and he says, I'm Anyway. Great episode, fellas. My age is somewhere in the middle of the two Johns, so when I saw Hook in the theater, I was barely squeaking in target age-wise. Some movies stick with you for reasons that have less to do with the film itself and more to do with your life circumstance at the time, and such was the case with me and Hook. I was a barely teen when I saw it, and the biggest thing going on in my life at the time was my anger with my mother for divorcing my father earlier that year. I'd refused to speak to her for many months, but it was seeing Hook in the theater on Christmas Eve with my dad that reminded me that my time as a child wouldn't last forever, and life is too short for bullshit grudges against people I love. The next day, I reconciled with my mom on Christmas. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, Jeremy, I, I don't know if you're confusing our podcast with your therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you need to prepare for. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the honesty, Jeremy. It's... He goes on to say, okay. I only saw Hook that one time and have since been scared to return to it for fear that my memories of such an important life moment would be ruined by the reality of what might have been a lousy film all along. Listening to the podcast, I was on pins and needles waiting for the final verdict from Nelson. <laughs> Man, I didn't know oh, there was so much writing on that. I feel such responsibility now. But both Johns approved in the end, and that's enough for me. Sometime this season, I'll give Hook another shot. Thanks again, Johns, for doing the Lord's work. Wow. Wow. Well, I'd say some Johns approved more than others. But... <laughs> Even so, I feel like now we've just justified this podcast's entire existence. I know. Wow, that's incredible. If we can just talk somebody out of a suicide by, like, <laughs> approving, like, an Ed Wood movie or something. Then well, uh, it's not over yet. He has to rewatch it himself. Perhaps he'll have a completely different point of view. It will have let him down. The, <laughs> he the... writes us back. He's like, you assholes. <laughs> what the fuck? We, we've led him astray. So ho- hopefully not. Hopefully he agrees with us. 
Uh, I hope so too. Good, uh, God be with you, Jeremy. And he has a P.S. P.S. Twister? Question mark? <laughs> Calling it early. No way in the world will that thing hold up. What? Well, uh, we will put that to the test in a mere moment. Uh, if y'all want to write us in like Jeremy did and confess your deepest, darkest sins, you can find us at holduppodcast at gmail.com uh, or you can go to one of our many social network identities. Yes. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hold Up Podcast. That's where we're yep, at. That's where to go if you want to unburden your soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now we're moving into the present. So here we go. John Twister, this is your yes. pick. Uh, I, yes, it is my pick. Twister, I'm, I'm very excited about, mainly because unlike a lot of the ones we've watched recently, Twister's one where genuinely uh, it came out in 1996, and I saw it the year it released many times, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, and I have definitely not seen it since. So I, I don't know if we've done one with this much of a gap. I believe it's been about 20 years for me. Well, it would be about that for me as well, because I saw it in the theater when it came out, and uh, that was it. Exactly. <laughs> one, one time, one time only. And you weren't enamored with Twister? You weren't bowled over? I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, signs point to no. That's what I'm going to say. Um, well, I have a bit of a confession that I feel I should come clean a little bit. Okay. Uh, while Twister does fit for this podcast, I do remember it fondly, and I loved it when it came out. I was 14 years old, <laughs> and... Uh, We've had a string of films for this podcast that we have generally given the thumbs up to. Basically, we've given everything a pass for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> Not just about six months, but. Yeah. So I sort of, you know, went in my lab and I, I was looking for my, uh, this is sort of against the spirit of the show, but I kind of was trying to think of something that I did like fondly, but had a potential for possibly being maybe terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. This movie looks amazing. <laughs> and, um, and specifically, the, the reason I say that is because, uh, well, and, and by the way, for anyone who doesn't remember Twister for, for whatever reason, uh, Twister what, came out in 1996, and it is straight up just a disaster movie. It's, it's a movie about storm chasers that are going after tornadoes in, I don't, just middle America, I guess. Right. I don't really remember. The Heartland. Where. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's sort of a just disaster porn movie where, Buildings are getting rocked and, and people are dying and it's all crazy. But what I really remember about the legacy of Twister is that it was one of those early special effects films in terms of mm. computer effects. I think Jurassic Park had come out and, and sort of this was like the next thing I recall that had this big, oh, my God, you have to see it. These effects are amazing. Right. And I... Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think 20 years later, if that was kind of the, the thing about the movie that was great, I suspect that it, the uh, tornado effects might not be as good as I remember them being. Well, okay, because I only saw it once and my potential for remembering it is probably far less than yours, let, let me volunteer what I remember about this. Excellent, yes. So um, you, you said 96 was the last time you saw it. Yeah, I saw it in 96. It came out. I had no particular love for Just it. Or, one and done. Uh, I went in and saw it, and I believe I saw the inside of my eyelids for a while. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember much about this film, to be perfectly honest. I okay. remember that Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, Philip Seymour Hoffman are in it. Uh, I remember that. I remember in the beginning, there's a family that hides in a storm cellar and gets uh, ripped out by a twister. Oh, I, right. I forgot it has like a Jaws opening. Yeah. Where, well, that where was straight the whole up trailer. a family dies. That's yeah, right. Yeah. They, they basically use the, the cold open as the trailer. And I remember the cow. Yes. And that's about it. Okay. Um, but I am guessing that this movie will suffer from the same problem as most disaster films which is once you've destroyed things, it's hard to come back from, especially when you're fighting a force of nature. <laughs> it's like, we, we, at least with Towering Inferno and Poseidon Adventure, it's like, okay, things are in disarray. We have to escape. Twister, it's like, eh, we're just fighting tornadoes. Well, how do you fight them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. There, there, is, there are many aspects that you don't seem to recall, which I think might alleviate some of your worries, to be honest. Is alleviate the right word? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I guess we'll see. And this is Jan de Bont, right? 
I I think I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not. I don't. I'm not really sure. Uh, he he was the director who did Speed and uh, the Laura Croft movies. I'm trying to remember if he did. Uh, did he do anything else? He did the Speed movies. I mean, Speed Laura was Croft. the big one. So I want to say he was a cinematographer on Die Hard. Correct, Jan Dupont. <laughs> was he? He might have been. I think he started as an action movie cinematographer, and right. he went on to do uh, basically these action movies, right. and then ultimately disaster films john demont gave us speed that's so true we can you know he gets a free pass for life because speed is is a fantastic film for one move wow yeah well There's some directors take is, 10 movies to get a free pass. speed is that good of all the diehard ripoffs that have ever been shot speed might be the best diehard rip-off. speed is a good movie i like speed. i love speed anyway, anyway. um so yes if in fact <laughs> john demont did direct twister which i think you're right i think he did but we shall see uh, I, I, I remember this one being, I mean, obviously it wasn't speed good, but it was pretty decent. So my memories of Twister, I would say I remember much more than you do. Like I said, which makes sense. Cause you right. said you only saw it one time. I, I definitely saw it at least three or four times in the theater, mainly because I was coming back. I thought it was this sort of special effects spectacle mm-hmm. and I really wanted to return and take friends and, and it became like an event movie for me. Right. But my memories of the film are there are antagonists besides just the tornadoes. So it's not so much about defeating tornadoes <laughs> like Hercules or something. So this movie mainly follows Bill Paxton, who's the head of a scientific research team of storm chasers, where, where it is a very large ensemble cast. Like you recall that Philip Seymour Hoffman is amongst them. Right. Uh, obviously, Doing, probably, uh, these were the years when he and Jack Black were fighting over all the yes. third <laughs> banana rolls. Absolutely. This is pre. This is when Philip Seymour Hoffman was a that guy where you're like, right. I know him. I've seen him in some of the... Be- I, I didn't necessarily know him by name. Obviously, now I do. Um, it was it, pretentious that he had three names back then. And now we're like, well, yes, oh, yeah. he's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and yes, Helen Hunt was in it. Uh, in addition to that, the only other people in the Storm team I definitely recall as i never know this actor's name i always just call him cameron from ferris bueller's day off all right okay uh who's you know uh ferris bueller's best buddy i'm sure he he even calls himself cameron now he's (laughs) like i don't even remember my name he probably fucks up every now and then (laughs) he's definitely on the storm team and philip seymour hoffman is and the other cast members are murky in my memory i'm sure the second we see them we will definitely know who they are okay um i want to say it's like if he's not in it spiritually, he might as well be. It'd be somebody like Hank Azaria or something. Mm. Some sort of comedic kind of person. Right. Maybe half the of the marshals from the fugitive you know, <laughs> are like doubling as day players. For, you know, that kind of shit. Right. Um, so that's the storm team. Uh, they, the antagonist of them is, believe it or not, a evil corporate other st- team of storm chasers. <laughs> Uh, right. Led by Carrie Elways of all people. Oh yes, okay. remember. So yeah. they, so these, so our heroes are just these like gap grungy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of uh, bubble gum and, and duct tape crew. Uh, <laughs> and then the Carrie Elways gang are rolling in in uh, SUVs and slick black caps and, and jackets. Mm. And and believe it or not, as if it wasn't stock enough, I want to say Carrie Elways was a member of. He was like a partner of Bill Paxton. Right, of course. And was part of they the were good brothers. guys. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were brothers once and now they and are they enemies. Betrayed him <laughs> by feeding him to a storm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for, by throwing him into the so, eye of a tornado. Well, well, I think he stole technology because uh, what they're doing is they're not trying to stop tornadoes. What they're doing is they have a uh, device that they've cutely named Dorothy. Mm-hmm because of uh, Wizard sure. of Oz, obviously. No, I get it. Thank you. And and the deal is it's this pod that they want to get to the eye of the tornado, shoot it up into the tornado, and it will release little nanobot, robot, globe ball things this that sounds circle familiar, around. Yeah. And, and then they will inc- circle the tornado and feed data back to Philip Seymour Hoffman or whoever's at the keyboard going, I got it, boss, or you know, right. whatever. Um, and then, so that's what they're seeking. They're seeking new information about tornadoes that no one's ever been able to find. And they're competing. They're in a literal chase right. to do this because Carrie Elwes has stolen the secret technology. And so I, even at 14 years old, I remember this particular aspect of the movie being pretty hilarious to me. <laughs> like I, I even found that ridiculous at 14 that there was evil 
mustachio twirling science is right um so in a way i actually think that aspect of the movie might be something that i'm gonna see in the positive camp like the real campy stupid kind of level right i want to say helen hunt um is a former member of the team that has retired happens to be living and retired in the place where the tornadoes are happening. <laughs> That's and, a coincidence. And also, I, you would think that she knows better. <laughs> you, yeah, you would absolutely <laughs> think so. And I want to say there's some sort of uh, romance that has gone bad. Are you telling <laughs> me that in the 80s and 90s that they wrote parts for women just so they would kiss the main dude? Maybe. But I'm shocked. Maybe. I am flabbergasted. But I'm I'm fairly confident her and Bill Paxton have a history that maybe they might have even been former right. boyfriend, well, girlfriend if, or husband and wife or right. something. Right. If they're like trying that. to imitate James Cameron correctly, yes. then basically they have to have been former lovers and they broke up and then by yes. the end they'll be back together. It's full on abyss time, basically. <sighs> good um, Lord. I think they might even be divorced. You oh, know? good. It might even be that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and of course they rekindle at some point in the movie. Other just random, I don't remember main plot points, but I remember just moments. Obviously, you remember the cow thing. That, of course. That, that, was, that I think, was also in the trailer. And that that may be the part of the movie where I, I checked out for good because I thought it was hilarious, <laughs> and it took me right out of yeah, the movie. Like, all the stakes. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Is It was like the movie was so serious to that point, and then a cow was in the middle of it, and it was obviously played for laughs, and I was like, well, do you think this movie's a joke? Because now I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, I honestly think in a way it is meant to be kind of funny no. uh, in addition to terrifying. Well, like, I think it is played for humor. Perhaps that'll be a point in its favor. We'll yeah. see. For instance, I also vividly remember a, a sort of set piece moment where the tornado comes to a drive in theater and the shining is playing. Mm -hmm. And they have this bit where uh, Jack Nicholson is nailing his axe against the wall in a very famous scene in The Shining, and then the tornado comes as he's doing it and, and sort of explodes the screen. Oh. Uh, I remember that being really cool, because at the time I had actually just seen The Shining maybe a couple years prior. Mm. Uh, my parents had showed it to me, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> but I, that movie was really at the forefront of my mind just by happenstance when Twister came out. So when that scene came up, I remember going, oh my God, The Shining, this is amazing. I know that one. Yes. <laughs> a, a movie I know. Yeah, I Yay. know that. Yay, Shining. Wee. That was um, the 90s also. It's like, hey, remember this? Yes. In, I, in another movie? Let me tell you, that has not stopped <laughs> by any means. No, it has not. Not even close. Uh, and then the final thing I remember is it's sort of the climax of the movie, but I know there's a bit where they have to... So I think this mirrors the family at the beginning. Uh, there's sort of this big moment of having to ride out being in the center of the tornado and i think the family gets sucked up into it and so bill paxton and helen hunt go to a shack i think he clips a lanyard to uh to a, a steel post or something and they mm. literally have to hold on and ride uh, uh, ride the, the tornado yeah. it's yeah it's this terrifying like ride like, the twister <laughs> and i think he's holding on to helen hunt or something it's just big and then they sure. they, they kind of ride it out until it don't goes let away. go don't let go i love you i love you <laughs> right we and should they, have never divorced they may even shoot up dorothy into the tornado and see it sending the data while they're in it or something uh, like i, yes. I, I want to say that happens too um, that's kind of it. That's all I really remember. I just remember really finding it very exciting. Was this based on a Michael Crichton book? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I don't know why of I'm... Sphere? Oh, that could be. Because I don't know. Maybe he's just in your head because of Westworld. And Ooh, maybe. That'd be awesome. It's possible. Maybe we should watch Westworld instead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do that next year. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's kind of all I got. I... I it's, it was never like an eight, you know, my top 10 movies of all time or anything like that. But I, I remember it fondly as a popcorn movie, like a right. pure, just entertainment, mindless popcorn film. I remember it being good. I wish I could contribute more to this conversation, except for the things I named. I have like no memory of it. And I have no, this is sort of unique. I have no memory of my feelings about it either. Really? I don't remember what happens. I don't wow. remember if I was mad about it. That's, I don't remember if I know, came out fair. and and ate a piece of pie. I have no <laughs> memories associated with this movie except that I saw it and kind of went, eh. 
See, that's interesting because I remember at, at bare minimum, I remember this being a theatrical event mm. of a spectacle. So you don't even have a memory like that of, oh, my God, these effects are amazing. And what an exciting thrill ride. It's just not, nothing. Not particularly. Huh. I mean, I, I, I guess I would have been impressed by the effects, but I guess uh, apparently not so much that I'm like, yeah, that's a, a benchmark Got for it. me. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies had already kind of proven it could be done i mean i get you know they're not this in particular but it's like if all you have is just like oh look destruction and it's a tornado rather than aliens blowing it up it's like eh. you know what <laughs> part of it might be to be honest now that i'm thinking about it is i i mentioned uh before we started that i had seen old 70s disaster movies like right. like poseidon adventure or towering in front of stuff but i i actually hadn't seen too many of them mm. um and and as a young 14 year old I think Twister, uh, and there were many after Twister, but Twister I sort of remember as my first real heart-pounding disaster movie that I was really into. Got it. Well, sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if I'm sure. seeing... Uh, here's the thing. Bill Paxton, I will watch anything he's in, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, I'll watch anything he's in, and even he... He's actually the thing I'm most interested in seeing because sure. this is back in the day when he had to actually, like do as he was told this is before he had any kind of power so i'm really curious to see what he does with a role which is obviously just sure. hey fat guy number two <laughs> come over here and press buttons and look smart the I'm irony wondering... is we put it on he's just full-on mastering it like that like would be amazing is... if even then he's like acting circles around everybody <laughs> that would be incredible I, mean, I guarantee you he's at least good sure i mean yeah. i i'm sure that he is because he still sticks in my memory from the trailer there's a moment where he like i mean i saw the trailer a billion times and he kind of right runs out of the cornfield or something he's like <laughs> oh, it's yeah. coming it's coming <laughs> That's right. it's coming it's coming and that philip See, Seymour you Hoffman remember was. more i for even forgot that part <sighs> well well, right. uh, since Twister's a big old blank in your brain, uh, <laughs> I'm actually just curious about your feelings of just disaster movies in general. Are they something you are excited by, bored by, don't really care one way or the other? I mean, I don't care one way or the other. The, the, the disaster spectacle, I feel like once I sort of saw it a couple of times, like, again, Independence Day was a big one, but that was the one where I first saw, like, dis destruction on a huge scale. Yeah. And I think well, once it was that, multiple U.S. Yeah, cities, it's like it was crazy. and it was landmarks and it was yeah. really sort of iconic and, you know, not the best movie on planet Earth, but at least that part of it was like, oh, my God, you've never seen anything like it. I feel like we've seen that movie 47 times since then, and Absolutely. it's never been better than Independence Day. I mean, Independence Day, again, wasn't to me the Definitely. greatest movie to start with. So, well, now I, every movie is like, oh, look at that. London's being destroyed again. Again. For the fifth time. You know, yeah. At and this point, like, it's lost its luster for sure. Yeah. And The Day After Tomorrow, which is the exact same movie <laughs> by the exact same guy. And then there's 2012, which is again the exact. I mean, well, yeah. the cities weren't enough. We had to go the entire planet. That right. Um, really not much after that. I do have a fondness for 70s disaster films. When you say like Poseidon Adventure Definitely. and Towering Inferno, that, that was a different because the budgets were limited and because they couldn't you know fake like blowing up the world and they <laughs> generally if it's like well we don't want to do a model of the eiffel tower then it's like well then keep it local it was usually like a building or a ship or whatever and 70s disaster movies were also usually like a gala of big name stars and washed up stars <laughs> mixing right. and mingling so there was always that yes. kind of fun part Steve of it queen and fred astaire yeah, right. <laughs> back in action like they right. always were what yeah i mean there was some like weird like movie of the week feel yeah, to them totally. that even if the disaster was no good then, then there was always that like oh hey it's like the love boat but in a movie or whatever <laughs> So, and then like disaster movies since then don't do that. They like, they try and downplay the, 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 the characters. So, yes. you know, to make them more grounded, which is probably not dumb, but it's also like, well, there's no fun in that. I mean, they're, it even seemed like uh, maybe this wasn't on purpose, but like in the seventies, they also had a tongue in their cheek sure. for those movies where these movies are like, no, we're very serious. It's a volcano just popped up in LA. We're very serious <laughs> oh, about <God>. it. <laughs> Volcanoes. <laughs> terrible. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I you know, I I could be wrong. I suspect you might be pleasantly surprised with the tongue and cheeky nature of Twister. But I don't remember be it nice. being deadly serious. I remember it being kind of funny. Well, we'll see. Again, I don't know if it's Jan DeBont's style or whatever cuz all of his other movies besides Speed have bored me. So that's pretty <laughs> fair. I, I don't know what to say. Sorry, Jan. 
We love you for speed. More like yawn, right? Am I right? Like Y A W N. I wish I yawn. I wish I thought of that joke. Get it. <laughs> All right. This, well, this joke is a disaster. Let's let's move on. Let's, quick. let's move on to the part that everybody's <laughs> waiting for. John, do you think this movie is going to, as they say, hold up? Well, <laughs> despite having just sung its praises a bit and saying you might be pleasantly surprised by the comedy, like I said, I kind of picked it hoping it won't. So, <laughs> man, you have it in for this movie. So I come to this more pure than you. I'm going to go with no, but not because of the corny acting or or the kind of jokey plot. I, I, I am sort of putting all the chips on the wow factor of the special effects that once was incredible is now going to be super shitty right and well, i think that might be the the sword it dies on that's what i'm guessing right yeah well if it's an effects movie and the effects are 20 years old it's yes. like what 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 hope does this movie have sure and now, there, now there are effects films that are very old that are very good sure yeah, so i don't know but somehow with this one i'm i'm doubtful yeah i doubt it too fuck it <laughs> guess what i'm saying it doesn't hold up oh shit are you surprised uh, Do no. I shock you no, with I'm my <laughs> with my amazing not, answer? Not remotely surprised. <laughs> All right. Well, perhaps it's time we go and watch Twister. There is a mystery, elusive, unpredictable, violent. It terrifies most scientists. But for a new breed, the challenge is saving lives. The research is deadly. The laboratory is nature itself. Welcome back from the suck zone. <laughs> the suck zone. <laughs> so suck zone is the appropriate word. I I, I suspect for many things, <laughs> a great many things. All right, where to start <laughs> on this? Well, uh, <laughs> film, quote unquote. <laughs> Well, well, let's start with you, John. This is your choice. Yeah. Um, well, what's funny is, so my memory of the movie was that it was an incredibly action-packed, exciting adventure with some very tongue-in-cheek, sort of knowing, winky comedy to it. Like, like I remember it being funny, right. but I think in, in I, what I thought was a sincere kind of way. Um, I, I can't tell if it's just because I was a kid or if it's because of the time that has passed. But the movie is very stupid. <laughs> it is like, laughable, perhaps in the best way, but not yeah. in the way that it was intended. <laughs> I mean, it was entertaining in the fact that we were we were laughing quite a bit. We but... were laughing the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it was a re we, we no joke. We, it was kind of a regular mystery science theater romp <laughs> that we were having there. It had been a while since I'd mouthed off that much during a movie. I know, yo. I mean, pull back the curtain a little bit, folks. We we generally try and like give each movie its due diligence. <laughs> there came a point in this movie, where, you know, we make jokes during movies, but we generally try and you know sort of let the movie speak for itself we were just yapping and talking and making all kinds of jests <laughs> usually well, usually at the expense of poor philip seymour Hoffman. oh yes <laughs> who uh certainly if not his finest role then <laughs> perhaps uh, up there somewhere well, like because from the minute he popped on screen you know he plays the completely generic like goofy long-haired chubby sidekick yeah. who says dude and awesome <laughs> and whose defining characteristic is that he likes rock and roll music <laughs> and it, i mean honestly it was it was bordering on embarrassing <laughs> i mean i mean i think as a character actor who you don't know who he is he's just a part in the movie i think it fits as right. as as master actor Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> it is bizarre at, at best to see him just being this goofball of a, one dimensionals not even that's generous we like, just were the whole time every time he'd be on screen saying something stupid we just imagined his inner monologue just like this is so beneath me <laughs> yeah every moment I do this is agony on my soul 
I hate myself so yeah. much. Uh, and it showed. Uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his best. I mean, I mean, if imagine, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, like imagine. Okay, imagine the mat. Literally, the master. <laughs> right. Is is has got this ridiculous hoodie on where he always has it up over his head like he's the Unabomber or something. <laughs> but his his uh, arms aren't into the sleeves. They're just hanging like a cape over his dumb ass. <laughs> and then all he does is just go, Yeah, man. Fuck you, roll, baby. Whoa, and or or just say it's the suck zone. Like that was his like catchphrase. <laughs> he like got up. At, Jamie Gertz was uh, Bill Paxton's new bride to be, and he would continuously really be creepy around her. Continue like at one point he's like explaining how tornadoes work, and of course he gets right in her face, real quiet and creepy. Says it's the suck zone. <laughs> we call it the suck zone. Like with his lips at her ears. The Basically zone. nibbling her earlobes. <laughs> oh, you bring up a, an aspect of the movie we completely neglected to remember, which I, I had remembered that Helen Hunt was sort of out of the game, and that oh Bill yeah, Paxton it was all was leading the crew. Yeah. yeah, that was totally wrong. Like Helen Hunt was in charge of the crew, and Bill Paxton had left it. Was uh, he was getting a divorce? I was correct about that. Right. And then he was going to remarry this um, psychologist. That yeah, he met. played by Jamie Gertz. Yeah. yeah, and the whole thing was was he, then he gets drawn back into the tornado game because it's such a, 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 a like a, a seduction for him or something. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody leaves the tornado game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they call it. They they basically lure him back in because they say, well, we've. You constructed this machine based on your designs. It's called the Dorothy. It's this incredibly elaborate machine right. where it's basically a water heater full of sensors. <laughs> and the amazing thing, well, what do you do? Does it fly on wings? No. You <laughs> no. place it in the path of the tornado <laughs> and hope that it explodes, sending the sensors flying into the air. Yeah, like the, the deal with Dorothy, with their device, is it's meant to be, you know, he acts like she's like, I did it. I finally did it. I made Dorothy. <laughs> and and his reaction... Yeah, everybody's acting like this is the scientific yeah. achievement of the decade. Like quintuple takes and does like a, oh my God, you did it? And he's like, I gotta see it. He's in the middle of signing divorce papers. He's basically like, sign this and I'm fucking out of here. Right. I can't believe you dragged me out here. And then she's like, I did it. I made Dorothy. Take me to it. <laughs> show me the water. Oh my God, as if a miracle has happened. And then they just show this bucket of balls, like this piece of shit with with just a cap and a bunch of balls in it. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, what were they, were they just struggling with the blueprints of Dorothy for <laughs> they months just, and months? They stared at a drawing of know. a square with balls what, yeah, in what it. What do we put the balls in? I have no idea. Like, really? Like, I don't know. It just seems preposterous that this thing was unmakeable until a certain moment. And the great thing was the evil scientist also had a Dorothy. <laughs> it was called Dot. Yes. You know? And the great thing about theirs is wherever Dorothy was round theirs was square and vice versa yes. like every, all the everything was reversed on it and it was just oh my god but I, theirs was like satellite hookup and it had the latest in technology and theirs was like chewing gum and tobacco and yes. whatever the fuck else that was a part of them i mean there were many moments in the movie where it really dawned on me how ridiculous twister is one is is you're talking about the the kind of hot shot uh weather guys like I, so I remember when talking about this movie, I remember saying, "Oh yeah, you know, we got these kind of uh, devil may care heroes of ours, and then you have these gone corporate sellout jerk weathermen." Right. I had remembered it as being, you know, portrayed as that in their image and their money and stuff, <laughs> but maybe a little more subtle in in their description. But it is. In, this movie is anything but subtle. Yes. Like, Bill Paxton is describing <laughs> the scientists, and his speech is literally like, we do it for the heart. We do it for the science. He's not in it for the science. He's just in it for the money. <laughs> but he's going to fail because he doesn't have a foot on the ground or something. And the big like, money that's in tornado <laughs> yeah. chasing. I was like, what's the sellout tornado money? I don't, I'm not, <laughs> like, what? Sell out tornado He's making money. millions running around chasing tornadoes like I that was preposterous uh we were sort of uh, the funny thing is like it, you know how we were comparing it to 70s disaster films and how those are like uh collections of like you know has-beens and also rans in like these 70s movies this was not that but what's funny is because everybody who was a side character in this has gone on to be much yes. more like famous and in front of the camera 
Um, yeah, it wasn't has beens. It was more like will be. Yeah, they were all <laughs> they were all like people on their way Everybody. up. There was like one of the guys from uh, like Deadwood and yep. uh, and Twenty Four was like the the sidekick of the bad guy. Uh, there was the comedian from Mad Men. His name is Patrick Fischler, I guess. Um, there was the big guy from ER, the big yes. nurse. Um, Faraday from Lost. Yes, that's Jeremy right. Jeremy Davies from Spanking the Monkey. Um, Lois Smith, who played the aunt. She's like, uh, yes. did a lot of old old lady roles and aunt roles uh, in that time. So, yeah, it was like a veritable who's who of that guys and that girls. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I knew we were in for a hell of a time when <laughs> our introduction to Bill Paxton as a weatherman or a weather whisperer or whatever. Like he, <laughs> they, I, I had no memory of this, but they have a scene where, you know, tornadoes are coming or whatever. And he walks out into the storm. It's like a quiet, not even in the storm. The, the storm is miles oh, yeah, away. Yeah. He's just, he, well, he's out in the, in the weather, like out standing in the, in the street <laughs> And he's 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 looking. He might as well like lick his finger and put it up to the wind. And he caresses his hands across the dirt and picks it up. And he's like sensing like a, the Jedi, the 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 storm. And, and someone, I think his his wife to be, asks like, "What's he doing? What's going on?" And they call him like a human, not a human, a human barometer. Yes, they're like he's a human barometer. He feels the wet. He learned this yeah. from the Native American peoples. <laughs> and How his, to commune with yeah. nature. His whole deal is like he doesn't need the technology. He doesn't need to look at the computer. He just knows. He magically knows which way the tornado's yeah. coming from, where it's going to turn midstream. He's the madman. It was just uh, that was just what it was so ridiculous. Well, the funny thing is, it's no more ridiculous than any fucking thing else in that yeah. movie but it was super funny like I, it wasn't meant to be but as soon as he was <laughs> grabbing dirty might as well have been smelling it <laughs> you know having a yoga moment where he's like i was just cackling laughing because it was just so absurd well and helen hunt had her own backstory because the the cold open as we remembered was uh, a family like hiding from a twister in their storm cellar we forgot that it was helen hunt as That's a child correct. yeah she had sort of a backstory that tied her to a, a traumatic moment where she loses her father yeah her dad's trying to hold the storm cellar closed he you know the door <laughs> rips open and he flies into the storm and helen hunt more or less says you killed my father yes. tornado i will seek ye to the ends of the earth you are mine <laughs> by the way her father uh was the least comforting father in a crisis i've ever seen so normally one would hope a father would be telling his family like everything's gonna be okay or whatever all this dad does is hold on to the to the storm window it's not working, and he just keeps going. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Oh God, I'm M- not. Maybe walk hold away it. ten paces oh, with the rest of us, Dad. He must have said, "You're all gonna die." Oh, God. <laughs> it's like Jesus, Dad. A little hope would help here. But even better, so the, so the, so her uh, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton go into the center of a tornado, and we've seen this opening where she loses her dad, and we get that yeah okay they're all you know storm chasers and they're really into it sure, but she's under a bridge they're taking cover as well they should from a tornado that's about to come and kill them, and Helen Hunt like Dracula's you know doing his hand motion turns and, and is bedazzled and looks into the tornado and lets go of what she's holding on to starts walking towards it yeah she's hypnotized yeah, by the Bill, power Bill, of the tornado Bill Paxton's like what the hell are you doing get back here and she's just like I have to see it I want to touch it I gotta see it like what the fuck like she's willing to die the, the siren call of the tornado like, that was just insane Oh, you know what's crazy about I looked this up while we were watching. Do you hear the writing on this? If you if I told you the names on this script before you saw the movie, here's here's Let's how have written by Michael Crichton. Got that oh, one. So you, right. you were correct. There was a Michael. It Crichton was, Michael, I, I guess it wasn't based on the book. They just hired him to write it. He Michael Crichton. Probably, probably, I'm going to guess for all the weather science. Stuff. Right. For all the shit yeah. he knows. Uh, Joss Whedon. Oh, Steve's wow. alien. And Jeff Nathanson, who's like Spielberg's guy now, four of the most like, like top-notch writers in Hollywood, and they write things like "That's no moon, that's a space station." <laughs> uh, 
obligatory suck Star zone. Wars <laughs> the suck zone <laughs> fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman just oh, I'm just a clown to all you people <laughs> yeah I mean you th- so there are mo- that's funny that you mention all those fine writers I think there are a few moments where there are sincere laughs and like genuinely funny dialogue but yeah it, it, it's all sort of mired in the and I don't know if it's just dated. It's just a style of the time that the score is is just like over the top ridiculous. Yeah, the score is like when it's not just outright like Megadeth butt rock. <laughs> it's they got well, like Van, Van Halen. Halen. Shreds, That's yeah. the thing. They got Van Halen to do half the score, and it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, imagine like just electric guitar, butt metal, like you said, just <laughs> just they told him yeah. go in the studio, just riff. Well, do I have any pictures? <laughs> no, nah, just make something up off the top of your head. Exactly. Or when it's, it's not, soulful, dude. When it's not that, it's it's choral gladiator music that's just <laughs> like oh, 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 oh. It's just like what the fuck? It's so overstated. It's so overt in its message like nothing is subtle about the movie right. in any way remotely i'll get this so they so they go and they have uh, there's this moment where we meet helen hunt's aunt right who sort of uh takes in all of the storm chasers and she's frying steaks and, and feeding them all food it's just kind of nice it's like a very sweet moment yeah it's like a downtime for the movie but so so we meet this aunt who you know is friends with everybody and like of course Act three of the movie, they're they're on the radio and looking at their computers, and they go, "My God, the the F five, the biggest storm in the world, it's heading straight for the town where your aunt is." Meanwhile, and I, I'm still very confused by this. They have a whole po- so the whole motive for Dorothy and why they're doing all of this and why they're going up and 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 trying to learn about tornadoes is all wrapped up in this message that they hammer over and over, which is we don't have enough response time to tornadoes. Uh, families and people and loved ones only have like three to five minutes of warning and that's not enough time to get to safety and and you better you know just latch up and and be safe but you don't have enough time to do it so we got to risk our lives to get this data from dorothy to give people like i don't know 15 minutes that would be great meanwhile act three of the movie like hours before it happens (laughs) they're like my god the storm is heading right for your aunt. And then they go, oh, let's call. And they're like, oh, the phone lines are down or whatever. But they know, and there's literally a line of dialogue ADR'd in where they're like, looks like it's going to be an hour before we get there. And then they show up and everything's devastated. And I just kept being like, what? <laughs> an hour? Like, they know where it's going. It's, it's, it's just like flies in the face of the own logic of the movie for the convenience and melodrama of oh god your aunt's in danger and oh no yeah there were several of those moments where things would happen off camera on radios there was a (laughs) whole scene that john suspected was uh 80 yard later where it's bill paxton saying the words point blank to Helen Hunt, which is like, you gotta look at what's right in front of you. Right. Like what? Me? I'm right in front of I you. I'm a human you. man standing in front of you. <laughs> and his you know, wife-to-be is listening on the radio and getting sad because she's like, oh, I know what that means. He said that to me when he proposed. I'm standing right in front of you. <laughs> and well, yet again, another in the series of movies that we've been watching lately where it's, again, just two girls just fawning over the same oh, yeah. dude. Like, and her aunt gives her horrible advice. Like, this man is moved on, literally throwing divorce papers in her face, has brought his wife to be, and is continually holding her and and helping her and gives no fucks about Helen Hunt. (laughs) Meanwhile, Helen Hunt's aunt rolls up to Helen Hunt while he's at their house. She's like, looks like old times, doesn't it? She's like, yeah, yeah, I wish so. And she's like, he's here. You should be in love with him. He's holding his wife to be like. Yeah, you're feeding know. his wife downstairs. What kind of shit ass? If I, maybe she can move on to one of the seventeen other guys <laughs> hanging out in the in the room. Philip Seymour obviously, I've been watching. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to notice me. I'm tired of dancing and making people laugh like a fucking clown. I'm deeper than that. Do you hear? I'm the song zone. <laughs> Poor Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know. I, we, yeah. That is, show is just a celebration of misery. That's all we It's own. true. It's true. <laughs> well, it, to his credit, he's had many a fine performance. That that's, that's not this movie. True. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I there's so many things that you could... I, I, I mean, the movie's two hours long. You could say, and then they do this, and then this happens, and then they do that, and that happens. But it basically winds down to, like, they 
chase tornadoes hither and yon. <laughs> they keep messing up the Dorothy planting. Finally, they yeah. get it right. The end. Basically. Well, you <laughs> forgot the tragic demise of their enemy. Yes, who, who disappeared for 45 did, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so Carrie Elwes is all over the beginning being a piece of shit, and then he's just, like, gone forever. Yeah, and then he mysteriously vanishes. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's back at the end, and then they have this moment where he, like, he's flying in the face of reason, and he's telling his guy to drive at the tornado because he wants to be the one to beat it. And there's this whole over-the-CB radio scene where Bill Paxton's like, no, you shouldn't go there. Oh, my Don't God. It. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. Like, you got to get out of there. You're going to die. I sense it with my Native American <laughs> connection to the soil. Exactly. <laughs> And, and Carrie Elwes is like, no, keep going forward. Like, don't listen to him. And the guy driving is giving like, oh, okay. And yeah, then sure. in this, like a scene from the Omen <laughs> like, <laughs> basically goes down where uh, the, the storm, as was obviously going to happen, comes at them. They go, oh, God, no. Oh, shit, no. And then this huge, like, power beam just blades right through the windshield, just javelining into the driver in this <laughs> grisly, like, final destination murder. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. And then they go flying into the into the tornado and explode. And it's in a <laughs> terrible explosion, by the way. Like, Oh, we should talk about the CGI since you were absolutely. so, you were so, like, you, were, you remember the CGI so fondly. Now, wow. what's one of the first shots you remember from this film? <laughs> Well, this film opens in space, as films tend to do, and sure. uh, it, it tracks into a satellite dish that's overlooking Earth. But um, it's literally like an NES <laughs> piece of trash. Look, it is a joke satellite it, it dish. It looks like a special effect that you would get on your Apple iMovie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's like, horrible. I need a satellite on my daughter's graduation movie. <laughs> It's like you ever see uh, behind the scenes previs, yeah. On like on like this is how we're. I know this looks like crap, but we're just kind of like low rent visualizing what it's gonna look like. It looked like worse than that. It, it was some like so Max bad. Headroom ass shit. Like it looked trashy because there was a lot of bad special effects in there. But like for the time, I imagine that a lot of this shit was pretty good. Yeah. Well, actually, for the most part, I, so I thought it would be wall to wall shitty special effects, which actually surprisingly it wasn't. They used yeah. quite a bit of. Of real debris and yeah. real wind and all, all that stuff looks fine when it kind of f all falls apart unfortunately is every time there's a major kind of set piece moment yeah. you know like oh my god the barn explodes and flies into a thousand pieces or this truck you know comes flying at you or anything that was like tractors or trucks or th things that were whole cg pieces all just looked terrible <laughs> terrible <laughs> the cow as you mentioned it was worse than remembered yeah. like and, and not only for the effects which which were bad but also just for the gag of it and joke like i remember being haha there's a cow flying i didn't quite remember that it was like on the space station <laughs> like like it comes in it's not like it goes flying by at 100 miles an hour in the wind it's floating like tinkerbell yeah it's just like it's like a, the like, witch <laughs> in wizard of oz yeah. flying by the window going ah! it's like the paper bag in american beauty just kind of <laughs> sulking around floating by while it goes preposterous is the word i keep using and it's uh, it's fitting because yeah. it was just so beyond belief and again, I, I wish there was a. I, I wish we could examine the character of anybody in the movie, but there weren't a lot of character moments. Not really. I mean, besides the main plot, which is he has a, a wife he's divorcing, but secretly they still love each other. They argue a lot and get back together. Right. Besides that, and nobody seems to give nothing. like two shit. Like they they end up kissing at the end, and yeah. everybody shows up, sees him kissing, is like woohoo. Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, where's your wife? Can I have her now? I, funny enough, he was the next most well-rounded character, and he was so one-noted, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. his his arc was, hey, look after my wife-to-be. Hey, here's a funny joke. <laughs> For like two hours, and then he's like, where'd you go? Bye, okay. <laughs> I'm going to find her. I'm going to hurt her. And then I'm going to kill her in I'll front of you. <laughs> I buried her in the storm cellar. <laughs> She's in my trunk. Hey, did she? Oh, my God. She died from debris? Yeah, yeah. that was it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely that. Debris. That's what happened. Yeah, Killing and then they have the one of those. Oh, my God. I hate this scene in movies. And it was like a staple of like 1988 to 1996 movies of like. <laughs> 
somebody leaves somebody else in this exact situation like the lead hero or heroine of a movie would be like in love with somebody else like meg ryan falling in love with fucking tom hanks and sleepless in seattle and the third wheel would go yeah that's all right totally and just fuck off and it was like what the fuck that happened she's like i'm not even upset she needs you yeah i'm not even sad i'm like what kind of fucking fanboy (laughs) fucking fantasy is this i mean at the very least you should kick the shit out of him right it's like we're gonna get married right yeah no fuck it well at bare minimum for putting uh her life on the line like 30 (laughs) fucking times (laughs) he's never like hey honey go back to the hotel while i do this crazy shit it's always like hey you'll be fine in the back car and she's like this, this is fun. It's just flying in the air and getting <laughs> smashed against other things. Yeah, and then she disappeared. Oh, my God. Terrible. I will say, on the one hand, I was never bored, but I was, sure. there was never a point where I was, like, invested either. No, no. And, not even a little bit. Yeah, and it's just like, it, we're just laughing at the goofiness and... <laughs> Just, I, th- I mean, there's nothing I th- to track. I mean, no, well, I think it's totally worth watching if you want a like a dated laugh. Yeah, like I think that's sort of the surprise of it. Is is I wouldn't be like, oh man, strap your seatbelt in <laughs> for the action packed adrenaline rush of Twister. Or Holy, right. it, it's like, hey, wanna? It, I put now with what the it's surprising to me. I would put Twister in the same vein as something like The Net. <laughs> you know, like something that's just now is so dated and silly right. that you can't help but watch and just laugh your ass off at because it's just crazy. Yeah. And stock, it's so stock. Like, yeah. it's just paper thin plot. No effort put by anybody. Yeah. And they did that. Oh, they did this other thing that, like, it, bad in 80s movies, every 90s shitty big budget movie had this where it's like, you know, it's the end of Act Two. Everybody's in desperate straits. It's like, oh shit, we we're never gonna get anything to <laughs> yeah. work. And they and they're in a tornado. You know, the, we're they're in the town that got ripped up, and they just rescued her aunt. And they're like, what are we gonna do? And then like Helen Hunt is staring at like a, a a weather vane that's like on its side and it's spinning a certain way or whatever. And she's like, I figured out how to make Dorothy work. And Bill Paxton's like, what do you mean? And he she looks at the weather vane and he looks at the weather vane and then they both realize. Of course, we need to cut up aluminum Pepsi cans and make <laughs> wings for the sensors. Because we never thought of that. Because that makes sense. It's like, well, what What was your plan before that they were just going to fly up I mean, there? Though, I mean, t- to me, you didn't know that it wasn't working. Yeah, there's, the, there's like, no like indication that like, well, it's not working because yeah, yeah. they can't fly. Actually, actually, you're totally right. It's silly because what, what that movie needed was like it pops open. The balls shoot out into their tornado. They look on in excitement as like, we're going to do it. And then all the balls hit the ground and like it doesn't work or yeah, something. Their problem is not that the balls don't fly. Their problem <laughs> is that every time they get the fucking thing set up, they knock it over. Yeah, a tree A tree it knocks it, it over. It blows up. I mean, there's no like oh my god we didn't think about this how are they gonna fly how are they gonna achieve aerodynamic thrust it's like isn't that sort of the design <laughs> i could totally see it being some note like a producer's like some goodness has to come out of the tragedy of this trash town <laughs> and joss whedon you know who's like had no sleep for five days and is just <laughs> drinking his coffee kind of throws out there like the weather vane and see the weather vane and they realize that if they cut up pepsi cans that their sensors will fly (laughs) these ten thousand dollar piece sensors need a dollar pepsi can the guy's like you're never gonna mount anything but we'll do it yeah we'll do it anyway (laughs) joss what have you done (laughs) fucking buffy the vampire slayer the movie fuck you that was funny how not only do for his stuff in particular not only do you need kind of funny writing you need someone who can pull it off when they say it Right. And I think this movie was not having that. But that might, honestly, that I don't. I think that's less on the actors and more on like a Jan DeBont directing. Which, by the way, we were we were correct. Or yes. You were correct, actually. Jan DeBont was a director. But yeah, I believe I think those movies where where directors are primarily focused on the computer effects, the graphics, the the uh, set pieces and stuff. I can, I can tell, like all the actors in the movie are fine actors. Yeah. I think they just needed some kind of a couple notes here and there, a couple directions. Like Bill Paxton's real you know hammer on the head of the nail well it's just so like i mean for a guy who made his career on being like the dangerous guy in the room he's yeah. so milk toast in this movie totally which is like i mean yeah he can do it but that's like such a waste of his talent it's like you want him to be like han solo not fucking luke skywalker sure you want him to be the halfway dangerous guy and when he's sort of neutered like that it's like well you took the only thing that set him apart from all the other leading men it's like he's 
perfectly capable of, of handling it, but it's like you took the things that make him interesting and you just turned him into a cipher again. Actually, you know? if you took Bill Paxton and gave him the role that Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> had... And make Philip Seymour I, Hoffman the lead guy? I actually think Bill Paxton might have grand-slammed that role. Because he that, he, that's when he's at his absolute best. Not oh, yeah. necessarily as the main character, but as this sort of B-level side character that comes in and just really delivers a great memorable kind of character performance well yeah I, that's the thing too is when he plays side characters he feels no need to restrain himself oh, he, yeah. he can go over the top the and way. it's and somehow him going over the top is like better than him like being subtle and restrained which is what he was in this role like studying the earth and sniffing <laughs> the air and whatever other right. fucking bullshit he was doing <laughs> and i mean helen hunt's perfectly fine too but it's like i mean i will say the thing that she added was like for the woman who's like basically breaking up a couple in the movie she was she still had that like oh gee whiz like ability yeah oddly. It, it wasn't full-on my best friend's wedding or, you know <laughs> like where she's just kind of super dislikable like th there actually is a scene actually uh, probably one of the better scenes in the movie is she's sort of getting coffee with bill paxton's bride-to-be right and they're kind of having this moment where they're talking about stuff and then uh, th this new girl like straight up calls helen hunt out like you're still in love with him and you're trying to get him like and I, the way they play that scene is really interesting she doesn't go like no never would i ever she just doesn't say anything right it's like this is our check and kind of gives this awkward look and walks out and it's it, in a rare moment of subtlety <laughs> the movie says so much with what it's not telling you right you know it's almost like the rest of the movie needs stuff like that well, I mean, we may have missed it in all of our, you know, chugging and joking around or whatever, but <laughs> no I don't ever chance. get a sense of like why they broke up either. Just because they're, it's like petty, easy, base level stuff of just like, look at them argue a lot. Well, they I were, mean, they were arguing. They <laughs> argued and shit happened. And hey yeah. guys, you want to knock it off while we've chased this tornado? You know, it's that <laughs> kind of shit. <laughs> Yeah, and there were about 37, like, unnecessary, like, tornado chasers, right? On both sides. Yes. <laughs> they had, like, these teams of, like, 72 people. Cast, man. Yeah, and it's like, and again, all of them became famous, so it's kind of interesting to see, but it's like, now, which one is this guy? Oh, Jeremy Davis? Well, I guess he's the guy who's sort of scared. Yeah. That's his I, You thing. know, I wonder if that was a Crichton thing, where it's sort of like, well, oh, these maybe. people need to be the people on the radio, and these people need to be mm -hmm. the people that on this specific computer is tracking this aspect of the weather, that and then these sense. people need to track that. And, like, anyone with half a brain would just look at it and be like, yeah, okay, there's, like, five storm There's chasers. five, yes. <laughs> Not two of them are Phil Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, but in a way that I think that is kind of a random charm of the movie that they're more like the Muppets running around <laughs> than they are, you know, a, a relatable bunch. Maybe they should have been the Muppets. They would have had more that, character development. That would be kind of amazing. Can you, uh, Miss Peggy and Kermit are the two main characters? Maybe we should remake Twister with the Muppets. You kind of could. I mean, you, and the only thing you don't change is Philip Seymour because <laughs> he's basically already there. God. <laughs> Just CGI in his performance. That poor dude. Oh, you're right up with Muppets. <laughs> this mean, is what my career has led to. Oh, he went on to much better things. Yes, along came Polly. Yes. <laughs> along, came, he plays, along came Polly. <laughs> where he, along came Polly, yes, where he played the exact same role yes. he played here, which is to say he's the guy that beat out Jack Black for the role. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's uh, time to pay the piper on this one. What do you say, John? It was fabulous, and it helped. No, I'm... I'm kidding. I think it's I think it's very clear this one is a not hold up. Yeah, for me, for sure. Now, that's not to say I didn't have fun. I had a lot of fun watching it, a lot of laughs. But yeah. as a good movie, like absolutely not. Yeah, I think I had way more fun watching this than some of the movies I would say hold up on this show, but <laughs> yeah, this does not hold up. We did it. We Yay! finally got a solid Double no on a movie. Mission accomplished. Put it up on the naval carrier. <laughs> 2017 <laughs> starts off in the negative, just like everything else. Yes. God damn it. At All right. Last. Well, we what? should discuss uh, what we're doing next time, right, John? That's right. It's my pick. So we're going to do my shit, and I have chosen the Christian Slater thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pump up the volume. Oh, man. You remember I, that one? I know next to nothing. I've heard the title. But I honestly don't know anything about the movie. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, you're in for a treat. Excellent. I think I've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> I think those words have been used against me before. All right. 
Well, if you agree with us on Twister or you want to write us and tell us just uh, exactly why we're a couple of mutton heads for uh, dissing such an obvious classic, you can write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com or you can go to any of our uh, many social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, type in Hold Up Podcast and you'll find us. Um, you can find us on iTunes and if you would take a moment, please give us a rating it helps us uh, get on google searches and things like that uh if you want to like write a review that'd be even better but uh, uh, we we don't ask that much just just click a star <laughs> in any star honestly um, but for all of them put attention suck zone <laughs> and thank you everybody who has given us a rating and a review so far it's been very helpful uh and for anything else you want to hit us up with you can go to holduppodcast.com Thank you very much again for joining us, folks. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. (laughs) 